bless the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, and instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant it by the same Spirit may be truly wise, never rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. So all of you have a worksheet as well as a pencil. If not, our helper can um, facilitate that. Who does not have like a pen or who does not have a worksheet? Okay, if you could please facilitate that. We already gave you a binder, so make sure that you bring your binder. Most of you have brought your binders and your your worksheets. If you don't have a binder, a quaderno, you can ask for and we'll give you a quaderno binder, okay? Okay, do all of you have your worksheets? Okay. Right, do you have one? Okay, okay good. Let's start. Okay, the, the topic that I wrote out uh, is taken from uh, Padre Pio. He's a very famous saint. So the title of my worksheet is Give Me My Weapon, the Holy Rosary. And you can see a picture there. That's, that's, uh, that's a famous Padre Pio. You notice he's got gloves on because he had the stigmata who is the first to have the stigmata is the saint that we celebrate today. Today we celebrate St. Francis. So St. Francis is the first stigmatist that had the wounds of Christ. Then um, about 700 years later we got Padre Pio. Okay, so I'm going to read and then we're going to be filling in basically today the mysteries of the rosary because October is the month of the rosary. So we want to start by getting to know the rosary and, of course, to pray the rosary on a daily basis. The much-loved modern saint was once heard to say, Give me my weapon. Shocked at this peaceful Franciscan request, they wondered why the saint requested a weapon. This would be used for war. And Padre Pio insisted on having his weapon. Finally explained to them that the weapon that he was requesting was his rosary. It was his spiritual weapon that he was really requesting. Okay, the story of David and Goliath. Some of you probably remember David and Goliath in the Bible. David challenged the great, rather the giant Goliath, to mortal battle. Through all intents and purposes, David should have been totally annihilated by Goliath. The reason was most obvious. Goliath was a giant, had much experience, was fearsome, brutal, and malicious, To make matters worse, Goliath wielded a huge crescent sword and was preceded by an arm bearer with a shield. 
what did David have? Very little term, very little in terms of military prowess, experience, and even weapons. However, David did have some things, rather someone. Much more important, God was on his side. Most likely you know the ending to this story. With courage and confidence, David approaches the giant Goliath with a slingshot and a few stones. He snatches one of the stones, inserts it into a slingshot, aims, fires, and the stone rivets itself in the forehead of the giant Goliath. He cascades to the ground. Turn the page. Unconscious from the blow. Without a moment hesitation, David rushes to the unconscious giant, takes his own sword, and thereby decapitates him. Victory. Our times and spiritual weapon. Never have we lived in more difficult times than the present. We are surrounded by countless modern Goliaths that are bent on attacking and destroying our children, our families, and our lives. Can you mention some Goliaths? Okay, good. Very good. Anyone else? Okay, good. Um, good. These are very good responses. Wow, you guys are really hitting the nail on the head. Good. Wow. Wow. So all, all of you have some really, really good responses. Very good. I'm going to give you a, a few also, and these are more philosophical, which are related to you. Um, once I say them, you'll probably be able to insert what you've said into these philosophical systems. Okay, I would say, given that we honor today, St. Francis, I would write down materialism. What do you think? Materialism would be one. Another one I would mention is um, consumerism. And you notice that materialism and, and consumerism are very much related. Then another one would be, maybe you've never heard this word, but we have, we're here to learn vocabulary, to hedonism. Hedonism, means, which means the philosophy of pleasure. Getting in much, if you like, they used to have the commercial on TV, it's Miller time. Remember that? Miller time? That's, uh, that's hedonism. It's Miller time. Okay? Another one would be, um, I would say, I would say atheism. Atheism. Communistic atheism is really growing strong, even in this country, a lot of the universe, atheism. Atheism, yeah. And there are many more, I'll give you one more. It's called 
New Ageism. Have you ever heard of that? The New Age movement? Have you heard of that? So those are many of the modern Goliaths. And uh, you mentioned the internet, and that's true. However, the internet can actually be used for good and bad. I have Facebook, I have YouTube, and I've I've made thousands of talks on on my internet, so hopefully they're doing good. And I'm only trying to preach and teach and pray the rosary, so I try to use I try to use Facebook when I'm live streaming right now, as well as the as well as um, YouTube and Instagram, and I've got Twitter too, as a means to preach. So the internet. It depends on how you use it. Obviously, pornography is the most the most dangerous thing out there. But you know, hopefully, we're not using that. We're using the internet for good purposes, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. So you, we, I've given you about five or six. You can write your own of these modern Goliaths. So this being the case, we must wield and utilize the spiritual weapon that Padre Pio used to overcome so many spiritual enemies. That spiritual weapon that we must not only have on our walls, but in our hands, is the Most Holy Rosary. Notice, probably in your homes, you have a rosary on the wall, right? Is that true? Probably most of you have a rosary on the wall. Better if it's in your hands, right? Maybe have it there in the car. Got the car there hanging. Well, you know, take it, take it, put it in your hands and, and pray the rosary. It's not simply a Christmas decoration, right? It's something that should be used. You go to battle and you got a pistol, you got a bazooka, you got a rifle, but you never use it. It's useless. So make sure that we're using, we're praying the rosary every day. Amen? Amen. The The saints and the Holy Rosary. The saints have much to say on the incredible power that the rosary has in fighting the good fight and winning the good race. So let's meditate briefly upon what saints have said on the rosary. So I'm, what I've done is able to pr- I was able to um, pull out uh, many sayings of what the saints say about the rosary. So here we go. One of my favorite is, you've probably heard, the family that prays together. Okay, the family that prays together stays together. That's the famous priest. His name is Father Patrick Payton. Very, very famous priest, Father Patrick Payton. It's interesting because he went went, uh, to the Philippines and he was able to preach in front of about three million Filipinos. That was one of the biggest meetings in the history of the world. This would be back in the 70s. Imagine that, three million people. When John DePaul II came, it was six million, but still three million, that's a lot of people, isn't it? 
and he was preaching to these people, saying, look, you want to have your families united, you've got to pray the rosary. Family that prays together, stays together. Amen? The next would be from Francis de Sales. He says, the greatest method of praying is to pray the rosary. The third is taken from St. Alphonsus. St. Alphonsus says, those who say the rosary daily and wear the brown scapular and who do a little more will go straight to heaven. Wow. You want to go to heaven? (laughs) I like that, don't you? Nice promise, isn't it? St. Alphonsus is a great, great saint. He's a doctor of the church. He wrote the famous Glories of Mary. Now, the next thing, I'm going to try to get your rosary next week. But um, I want all of you, eventually, we want you to wear the scapular. And I'm noticing that most of you don't wear the scapular. You have to wear the scapular in Spanish, scapulatios. You scapulatio. You've got to wear it. You wear your scapular. I've been, I've been in catechism with the children here in the parish for 30 years. I've probably put on thousands of scapulars. Huh? But thousands of people take off the scapular. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's meant to be put on, but not to taken off, right? So make sure you wear your scapular. And to make the scapula even more and more important, or here I have a scapula, I'll show it. Uh, this scapula was made by my 92-year-old mother, okay? when she was about 85. <laughs> you see that? This is scapula. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's tennis, it's like the tennis lace you have because uh, even though I'm old, I'm still very athletic, and I, I rip through the other ones, okay? So this is very strong. And if you, uh, you feel within it, what do you feel? There's a metal. You feel that? How about here? So in these two squares is the miraculous metal and the metal of St. Benedict. So you've got the scapular, Miraculous medal, the medal of St. Benedict, and guess what else I have in my pocket? I don't have a wallet, but I have a rosary. <laughs> See how detached I am for money? <laughs> so I got my rosary, I got my scapular, a miraculous medal, I got the medal of St. Benedict. Boy, I'm, I'm ready for battle. <laughs> I'm ready to fight against that devil, El Chamuco, right? I'm ready to win the, win the race. So make sure that you, uh, some of you women are able to sew. Maybe you can make your own scapula. It doesn't have to have the picture on it. It just has to have the, the two brown square claw and attach it, God willing, to a strong string. And you're set. You wash it every two or three months. Maybe make two. You take one off and then you put the other one on, okay? Maybe even make three. Make one for your husband, okay? But it's a good idea to, to wear the scapula. The scapula, that's a sign of our consecration to Mary, that we're in the school of Mary. We're in the heart of Mary. 
When the family married, I like that. Thought you? Okay, next. Among all the devotions approved by the church, none has been more favored by so many miracles as the devotion to the Holy Rosary and that Saint Pope Pius X. Turn the page. Turn the page. So we've got... The next will be... The rosary is the scourge of the devil. Find the devil is really tempting you. Pray the rosary and you're going to conquer the devil. The rosary is a treasure of graces. Pope Paul V. The rosary is the weapon. That's the title of our work today. Padre Pio. The rosary is the weapon. The rosary is the most powerful weapon to touch the heart of Jesus, our Redeemer who loves his mother, St. Louis de Montfort. If there were a million families praying the rosary daily, the world would be saved. Wow. I like that. So I need all the families in the parish, in Los Angeles, in California, in the United States, in Manila, in Cebu, in Guadalajara, those Chilangos and Dayefe, get all those people to pray the rosary We'll be able to save the world. How about that? Yeah, we want to save the world, don't we? I'm ambitious. Let's go for it. There is no more sure means of calling down God's blessing upon the family than the daily recitation of the rosary, Pope Pius XII. See, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm trying to convince you you have to pray the rosary. I'm doing all underneath the, the, the skies to try to convince you to pray the rosary. So after we finish this talk, I hope you're going to pray the rosary. <laughs> because also, October is the month of the rosary. Did you know that? And October the 7th is specifically the feast day of our Lady of the Rosary. Okay. One more paragraph, and then what we're going to do is we're going to try to... Try to try to how's your memory? Try to memorize the mysteries of the rosary today. And don't forget when you when you have your midterm exam, that's okay. When you have your exam, it's going to be European style. It'll be an oral exam. So I want to uh, hope that you're not going to have to come with Father Broom to summer school. Okay, that'd be a real penance, wouldn't it? Huh. The Most Holy Rosary is one of the shortest and most efficacious summaries of the Gospel, the good news and life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We learn the infancy narratives of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the joyful mysteries. Then we enter into the three years of the public life of Jesus, the luminous mysteries. Then we proceed to contemplate the great revelation of Jesus' love for us by his passion and death on the cross, the sorrowful mysteries, 
Finally, we rise triumphantly with Jesus from the dead and enter into the joy of eternal life, the glorious mysteries. Let us now make an effort to memorize the mysteries of the rosary. Okay, we're ready? So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to give you the mysteries and I'll give, I'm going to, I'll give you one of the fruits. Fruit doesn't mean apple, pear, or banana. Where the fruit means what are some of the virtues? What are some of the virtues that we can learn from meditating upon the mysteries of the rosary? What are some of the virtues we have seen by Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? We want to try to imitate them because we want to become more and more like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Amen? Amen. Okay, so the first mystery, okay, right at the time, is called the Annunciation. The Annunciation. Okay, you might even put in parentheses the incarnation. You can maybe put that also. It's called the Annunciation, the Incarnation. So each one I'm going to try to give you some beautiful virtue that Mary teaches us. Okay, right next to it, Rita, Mary teaches us to say yes to God. Amen? Mary teaches us to say yes to God. Okay, your parents, now I'm going to teach you how to be a good parent. Tell your children, okay, when you say yes to God, you're going to be happy. Tell them. Isn't that true? So I'm teaching, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching parents now. Tell your children, when they say yes to God, that's when we're happy. When we say no to God, we're sad. We're all called to be happy, right? Primary reason for sadness is people, they say no to God. So we want to learn how to say yes to God like Mary. Next is the visitation. The visitation. Okay, what does Mary teach us in that? He teaches us, right down, true joy comes by helping others. I'm trying to apply this to you the way you're going to teach your children. Okay? Lower it to the level of eight-year-olds. Okay? Tell your children, you know, when you're, when you're helping your younger brother or sister, that's very pleasing to God. You're happy, your sister's happy, and God is happy. Amen? I'm going to teach you how to be parents, okay? I'll teach you how to be good parents, be good parents okay? <laughs> yes? We, we, we serve, we give. Hey, that's, happiness comes from that. Mother Teresa said this. I really like the way it comes out in Spanish. Aquel que no vive para servir, no serve para vivir. Amen? <laughs> it's a good one, huh? So we're called, we really want to serve God, we serve and help others. 
Okay, next. The next mystery is the is breakdown the nativity. The nativity. Put down the Now, once we arrive at uh, the nativity, which is Christmas, your, your challenge is to teach your children that the true gift of Christmas, and not so many material things, but the gift is Jesus Christ. Amen? It's going to be a challenge. So we're down that the true gift of Christmas is Jesus Christ. So what happens a week before Christmas? All your children think, what am I going to get for Christmas? What am I going to get for Christmas? What am I going to get? What am I going to get for Christmas? That's what they're thinking about. Which, for me, is sad. They're only thinking about the material gift. And they forget that the true reason for the season is the person of Jesus Christ who came to save us. Okay, the fourth mystery is the presentation of Jesus in the temple. You write down the joy of going to Mass on Sunday. Jesus is going to the temple. The joy of going to the Mass on Sunday. Try to instill in your children a, a, a joyful atmosphere of going to Mass on Sunday. So that's, uh, that's your, your obligation as parents, instilling in your children the joy of visiting God's house on Sunday. How many of you have children in the second year? Okay, um, I'm let the bomb. I'm, I'm, I'll let the bomb fall even early in the year. If by April and May they don't want to go to mass on Sunday, they should do an extra year. I just have to be honest with you. They're not ready yet. I'll be reminding you of that in April, okay? If you have to grab them by the hair and, and whip them into the church, hey, let them do three years. No problem. I love to be with you next year. Okay? I love I love to be with you people next year. It'll be great. <laughs> but if they don't want to go to Mass on Sunday, they're about to make their first communion, obviously they're not ready. For me, that's a no-brainer, okay? So, as they get close, you should be saying to them, you know, Mass on Sunday is the most important thing. When you make your first communion, hey, we're going to Mass. You're going to be going to Mass every Sunday until you're 115 years old. Maybe 116. Okay? That's hyperbole for until we die, we got to go to Mass on Sunday. Right? So, that's my interpretation of the presentation. 
Okay, then the fifth, turn the, turn the page. I think you have to turn the page, right? Is right down the finding, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Turn the page. Finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Write down, serious sin is losing Jesus in the temple of our hearts. Give me a moral interpretation of that. Okay, serious sin is losing Jesus in the temple of our hearts. All right. Okay, why, why don't you write at the top of number five? Do any of you know where you can find those five joyful mysteries in the Bible? Why don't you tell you it's the easiest thing in the world? Are you listening? Yes. It's the easy. Okay, you can find the five joyful mysteries in Luke chapter one and two. So, anyone ask you where? Where can you find the rosary in the Bible? Okay, there you find it. Luke chapter 1 and 2, you've got the five joyful mysteries. So maybe sometime tonight, open up your Bible and just leaf through and you're going to see all those five mysteries of the rosary I find in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Got it? The next time you're with a Protestant, you could pray the rosary of the Protestant because look, these mysteries there, <laughs> they're in the Bible. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, there they are, Luke 1 and 2. We want to convert those Protestants, don't we, huh? <laughs> okay, let's move into the luminous mysteries. Luminous mysteries are from the public life of Jesus. These were introduced 21 years ago by Pope John Paul II. When I was a child, we only had 15 mysteries of the rosary. Now we've got 20 mysteries of the rosary. And it was John Paul II introduced in the year 2002. Okay, what are they? Number one would be the Baptism of Jesus. Baptism of Jesus. Okay, let's go back to the class we had earlier. You remember I spent a whole hour about the graces that come when we're baptized. Remember that? Yes. So, Write down, renew my baptismal commitment. You go back and read all those graces that flow from the sacrament of baptism. The second luminous mystery is the 
None of you know? Well, I'll tell you. It's the wedding feast of Cana. The wedding feast of Cana. Some of you are looking at me because you don't... Las bodas de Cana. You speak Spanish, okay? The wedding feast of Cana. Las bodas de Cana. Okay, let's, uh, let's give a... Let's give a good theological interpretation. We have a very intelligent group this, this afternoon, right? Say thank you, Father. You're welcome. You're welcome. Right then, Mary is the mediatrix of all graces. What does that mean? Any of you know? It's all the graces come to us from God, but they pass through Mary. Mm-hmm. She's like an aqueduct. She's like a bridge. They say that Jesus is the head of the church and we're the body and Mary's the neck. <laughs> Mary's the neck that connects the head to the body. Like that? <laughs> we don't believe in the hunchback of Notre Dame in Catholicism, do we? No? Jorobado. <laughs> the third would be the proclamation of the kingdom and the call to conversion. The proclamation of the kingdom and the call to conversion. Okay, right down next to that, right down next to that would be the fruit to make better confessions. Yeah, make better confessions. And Paul II connects that mystery with the sacrament of confession. Okay, the fourth would be the right down the transfiguration. Transfiguration. Okay, right down next to that. Friendship with Jesus. So we got Peter, James, and John. They're walking with Jesus. Those are Jesus' three best friends. And all of you are called to grow in friendship with Jesus. Yeah. He is el amigo que nunca falla. He's the friend that will never fail us. El amigo que nunca falla. We fail him. He never fails us, though. And the fifth would be the institution of the Eucharist. And the priesthood. The institution of the priesthood and the Eucharist. Okay, right down next to that. Uh, for, for greater love for the Mass. Pray that you really love the Mass. Pray that your children will love the Mass. One of the best ways to teach your children to love the Mass is for you to love the Mass. 
You hear me? If they see that you will love the Mass, that speaks more than a, a thousand words. They see that you really love Mass. You go to Mass. You go to Mass. Sometimes weekday Mass because you love the Mass so much. And so it's one of the most important thing in these two years. Instill in your children an understanding and a love for the Mass. That's perhaps the most important thing this, these two years. So we're going to have a retreat for you. We're trying to organize that. And in the retreat, I'll probably be showing the, the movie Il Gran Milagro, The Greatest Miracle, which you'll see that with your children. And we'll have a little holy hour, then we'll have the Mass. And if we do that, well, I mean, I've done my part. You know? I'll give you a talk on the Mass. The catechist will give them a talk on the Mass. We'll see the movie on the Mass. And we'll celebrate the Mass. What more do you want? What more can we give you? That, that four and a half hour retreat, if it's done well, it works. It, it works. I've been doing this for 20 years. Now, it works if it's really done well. Okay, sorrowful mysteries. Jesus is love in suffering. Okay, the first is the agony in the garden. Agony in the garden. Okay, well, what's the fruit we're going to get from this? I got to pray sometimes when I don't even feel like it. Ah, got that? I'm trying to teach parents don't follow your feelings, but follow faith and reason. Right? Follow your feelings, you're lost. Follow faith and reason. Not your feelings. Jesus was praying, even though he didn't feel like it. He had this profound desire, but he prayed anyway. Second is the scourging at the pillar. Okay, this virtuous pray for the Virtue of purity. Purity of eyes, mind, body, and heart. The most challenging virtues in the modern world is the virtue of purity. It is. Some people will say it's impossible. It is impossible by ourselves, but with God all things are possible. Amen? Amen? With God all things are possible. God can move the mountains. St. Augustine was addicted to sex until he was 31 and he became one of the greatest saints in the world. It took 31 years and a lot of prayers on the part of his mother, right? But he became a great saint. St. Augustine. Yeah. The playboy of the 5th century became a great saint, huh? <laughs> then the third would be the crowning with thorns. Okay, write down humility. You've got to be humble when God allows humiliations, accept them. We grow in humility through humiliation, whether you like it or not. (laughs) 
They're going to come. Not the way you expect, but God, God is going to send you humiliations. Try to accept them and grow in humility. And the next is the way of the cross. Do you need a lot of patience with your children? Yes. Mucha o poca? Poco o mucha muchísima? <laughs> so, the way of the cross, we're praying for patience. Patience in carrying our cross. Amen? Okay, then the last is the crucifixion and death of Jesus. We pray for a holy and happy death. Pray for a holy and happy death. Turn the page. The glorious mysteries. First is the resurrection. The resurrection we pray for faith. And you might even pray, Lord, strengthen my faith. Faith, the resurrection. The second is the ascension of our ascension of Jesus into heaven. What do we pray for? The virtue of hope. Not I hope so, but rather hope is a theological virtue. I trust, I trust God that. I'm going to make it to heaven even though I've got a lot of problems. I trust I'm going to make it to heaven. Third is the the coming of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost. And we pray for love. Faith, hope, and love. Remember we learned that in the baptism, those three theological virtues? Those three mysteries are related to three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Okay, the fourth mystery is the assumption of the assumption of Mary into heaven. So we in this we pray for a holy and happy death for us and our children. So Mary passes from this life to heaven. We're praying that Mary. She'll help us to die in God's friendship so we can go to heaven. That's why we're here. We're here to get to heaven. Nothing more important. And the fifth would be the crowning of Mary, of queen of angels and saints. So this one we pray for the grace of a growing Love and devotion to Mary. We prefer growing love and devotion to Mary. The rosary is the most excellent form of prayer and the most efficacious means of attaining eternal life. It is the remedy for all our evils, the root of all our blessings. There is no more excellent way of praying. Pope Leo XIII. So my hope and my prayer is that all of you will be praying the rosary every day. Amen? Okay. I've tried to do the best I could writing this out, motivating you. Pray the rosary. Let's ask Mary for the grace to really 
get our families a present rosary and we're going to get them into heaven. <laughs> we're going to get them into heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death, amen. The Lord be with you. And with Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you could... Uh, Go right in the church now. Father J.R. is saying the Mass for you and for your children. And then we'll see you Mass on Sunday and then next Wednesday. God bless you.